Saturday on these airwaves. My name is Casey Steve, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Come on, come on, come on. That's you, Merced. Livingston. Lanada. And all the little communities up and down. The 99. Hey, here we are Saturday morning. It's August uh, 19th, 2023. It's very, very early. Early, early, early. Oh, let's see. We got to get out of this thing. So many things to do. Let's try that song. And uh, it's good to be with you here on a... uh, a hurricane, uh, hurricane Saturday. Uh, hurricane Hillary. Hurricane Hillary. She's uh, way down there in the Baja Peninsula, Southern California. Might get slammed big time. And uh, very, uh, very it hasn't happened since 1939. I asked Roger. I said, "Do you remember the last one?" He's no man. I'm not that. I, I said, "Okay." I just, just wondered. So it's been a while since we've had a cyclone event. I guess there are hurricanes on one side, cyclones on the other. I don't understand. I don't understand a lot of things. But anything, uh, anyway, it's, uh, it's going to get wet, maybe. I don't know. How far up is it going to come? You see the cone? You know, they have all the tracks and this and that. It looks like it'll go to the east of us, up in the hills. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. Mother Nature, uh, she, can be, uh, she can be tough sometimes. Here we are uh, from the homicide per capita of California. Now, it's not the capital. It's the per capita because, you know, there's only so many people that live here in the county. How is it? Under 300,000, 288. I don't know. It probably fluctuates people on the freeway. But we have the most homicides per capita of any county of the 58 of which there are in California. Uh, This is not good, my friends. This is not a good stat to have. We played some comments from the Merced County Sheriff Vern Warnke last week. I actually didn't play the audio, but uh, talked about what he had uh, discussed before the Board of Supervisors, really demanding uh, their support. Uh, hasn't received it in the past or so far. Why well, I, I can't say that. I mean, he just he needs it. He needs it now. He's having a, having a big problem with uh, corrections, trying to uh, retention, overtime, that sort of thing. And over at the DA's office, they've got a caseload that, well, it's uh, it's, it's only getting worse. And so it's something that needs to be uh, looked at. Uh, attention needs to be uh, paid to it. And hopefully hopefully it will. We have a, a guest later on in the bonus half hour. You don't want to miss it. And it's uh, Mayor Mike Murphy, former Mayor Mike Murphy. He talks about he's on the committee for a safer Merced. And it means just uh, what they say. They're trying to have a safer Merced. And uh, it's only, you know, you know, when Mayor Murphy was uh, mayor, uh, we received the distinction of murder per capita capital of california and that was not good and we uh, made a lot of efforts to bring that down in a in a period of years and uh, the focus has been lost quite frankly i don't know why i think it's uh, this redirecting of funds for policing to things that are used other than uh, cops on the street enforcement that sort of thing interdiction we only have to see some of the things we've talked about with the Human trafficking, the record fentanyl and drug bus currency and otherwise here in our county, let alone up and down the state, Fresno, same thing. Really crazy. 
we need to get the sheriff on. There's so many things to talk about. So many things have happened since the last time we talked about him. And uh, some of the sad things that have happened is uh, two agencies in the news this week. Uh, the Merced Police Department and the Merced County Sheriff's Department having to take action, criminal action, against former uh, employees. I know in the case of the sheriff, it's a former employee. I'm not sure about the police officer if he's still on paid administrative leave. But going through the court criminal justice system, District Attorney Silvera charging uh, each officer from those agencies, an officer from each of those agencies, uh, with some pretty serious allegations. Again, the era, era of the body cam, accountability, that sort of thing. I think that it just shows that uh, accountability within the ranks is possible and, um, and should not be overlooked. Internal affairs, that sort of thing. I know that there's been some incidents in the past at the Sheriff's Department. There was uh, some folks that got out on the roof. And I know uh, the folks that were responsible for that, that were supposed to be watching, uh, well, they were dealt with. And it's something that I think that we have a lot of internal controls that catch these things. And this is just one example of it. It's a very sad day uh, when the trust is betrayed to the public. And it certainly doesn't make the job any easier in trying to get to sales tax measures passed and those type of things to increase funding uh, to police when those type of things are going on, which makes it even more important to uh, take corrective action when those issues are brought to your attention. And and the sheriff has done that, and so has the Merced Police Department, and the district attorney is handling uh, the court part of that. And it's something that, uh, while it's uncomfortable, it's necessary. Well, let's see. What are we going to talk about? The Merced uh, Fairgrounds have received a $5 million gift from the state. It's a resiliency fund. It's kind of interesting. Uh, all of the natural disasters, whether they be fires or floods or otherwise, uh, COVID even for that matter, who knows what's coming up on the horizon. And those buildings, as you know, are very, very old. I was, I always talked about them being in the 19. 20s and 40s i guess it was 18 something is when the original grounds were built i don't know if there's any structures left over there but very very old and they don't have the facility you know the uh, infrastructure to take care of people a large number of people when they show up uh, with nowhere else to go and so this money is going to help build kitchens and uh, restrooms that sort of thing and it was very 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 good uh, to see that uh, the other thing that was interesting uh, when we talk about Measure C, and who knows what that's going to be, the extension of Measure C here in the city of Merced. This is the public safety tax. Uh, the League of Women Voters, I didn't even know these people were still around. Uh, they have endorsed Measure C, and all I can say is God bless you. Thank you for endorsing Measure C. Hopefully, the League of Women Voters, who used to be such a powerful political force here in this community, they used to actually hold debates, I think, you should actually have meetings that people could attend. Absolutely, un, un, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful asset to the community. And and can I say missed? You know, I say a little bit of some of this tongue-in-cheek, hoping that they will uh, resurrect themselves and uh, come back in some sort of fashion. Loved the debates and the lady that kept time. I mean, that was, that was worth the price of admission all by itself. Oh, let's move on. Atwater City Council had a uh, meeting. It was a big one. And uh, kind of uncomfortable 
for the city manager. I thought it was, uh, I don't know, you know, Mayor Nelson, he's the new mayor over there. So he goes after the city manager saying, you know, man, I hate to do this, but uh, but I'm going to do it. And uh, everybody was there but Brian Raymond. This was a long meeting for the Atwater City Council, two plus hours. Uh, really crazy. And, uh, you know, Raymond wasn't there for uh, raising taxes on their raising fees on the citizens in the uh, garbage rate uh, study, which was really interesting. And then uh, also approving uh, some uh, some extensions to not only the city manager, but the finance director. And I don't know where Brian was, but uh, he might have been around somewhere. So let's uh, play the comments made by Mayor Mike Nelson at the start of the discussion about raising or excuse me, about uh, extending the city manager's contract. I'll play that and we'll pick it up on the other side. Okay, item 15, approving the second amendment to the city manager employment agreement. City attorney will provide information. Yes, good evening, Mayor, Council. Um, where you have before you a second amendment to the city manager's employment agreement. Uh, it essentially does makes two changes. The first one, it extends the term from December 31 of 2023 to December 31 of 2024. The second change, it adds language stating the city manager shall assist as may be requested and fully cooperate with the city council in the recruitment and succession planning for the next city manager. Uh, there are no other changes to the agreement, uh, including any changes in compensation or any other changes. Uh, the agreement is otherwise incorporated uh, by reference in whole, except for those two changes. Um, and that's pretty much it. If you have any questions, please ask, but that's pretty much the extent of the changes to the Second Amendment. Does the council have any questions or comments of staff regarding this item? Okay, I have, uh, nobody else wants to say anything? I would like to preface my remarks by saying that I regret that I must read the following statement. At a recent council meeting, I encouraged my colleagues to let the public know why they are voting against an item. Since it is my intent to vote no on Mrs. Waterman's contract extension, it's only fair that I explain my reasoning for the vote. I always try to give the people the benefit of the doubt, and I don't want to take anything away from the council or the city manager for what they did to get the city out of debt and back on the road to financial recovery. However, during the past eight months that I've been the mayor, I have found the city manager in my opinion, to not be up to the task, and she is not the person to lead the city forward. I have observed firsthand a penchant for procrastination and an unwillingness to be forthcoming with information that the council and the public are entitled to. City council members must have high-level data to make good decisions. However, I have found her to be unable to communicate to the council the executive level information that we need. She has demonstrated to me time and again that she doesn't have what it takes to be the manager of a city of 30,000 plus residents. For these reasons, I cannot in good conscience vote in favor of her contract extension. So that's my two cents. Um, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? And as you'll hear after the break, there are several members of the public that came up and spoke. Also, the council members weighed in, and it was kind of a bipartisan support. I think there was more support than um, criticism, and the criticism came from, you know, it wasn't really anybody new that hasn't criticized 
uh, Lori's performance uh, in the past. But this was an extension. There is a succession plan, if you will. Uh, her contract now goes uh, until the end of 2024. This was voted on in the affirmative. I'm not going to give away anything. Only Mayor Nelson was the uh, lone dissenting vote. And again, Brian Raymond wasn't there. I don't know how he would have voted. I uh, seemed that she had the support of most of the council. I think the new mayor has been, um, well, he hasn't been happy right from the beginning. But it is, has been, what, seven months now since uh, this has been going on. But there is a, su- a su- session plan, but had to be really uncomfortable for Lori sitting just to the right of the mayor, having to listen to that. She did push back a little bit. I thought she, w- she was gracious uh, in her comments, and we will play those also after the break. It's coming up. There was a lot of things on the Atwater City Council agenda prior uh, to that item. Roberto uh, Vargas uh, from City of Atwater, he was appointed a new police officer there. And they gave a a vendor update from the new trash vendor, Mid-Valley Disposal. Of course, Republic was the old vendor. People still getting used to some of the changes. Mid-Valley wanted to let everybody know that they have lots of local folks working for them. They've opened up an office and a yard there in the city of Atwater. And on October 21st, they're going to have a cleanup event at the Old Castle Air Force Base. It's going to be on October 21st. Also, they're going to have document destruction one of those big shredders so you can get rid of all those personal uh those identity theft island items hey we are uh, out of the first segment of citizen watch 8 a.m hour on august 19th boy the year is going so fast batting down the hatches hurricane hillary's coming big blow and uh, then it'll be over hopefully we'll get a little rain out of it but uh, if you have anything out there you don't want to get wet <laughs> better get it inside my name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Citizen Watch, Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. We'll be right back. Hang with us. dreams come true. Well, I love you more than anything in the world. Love your baby girl. Black top, blue sky, big temple, a little eye. Well, everybody's your friend, you can never be sure They'll promise fancy cars and diamond rings And all sorts of shiny things But girl, you'll remember what your knees are more than anything in the world could it do it without you and you know who i'm talking about here on citizen watch every every saturday my name's casey steve the voice of your valley on merced's news talk station 107.3 fm 1480 am kyos Here we are. Second segment. Let's get right back into the um, city council. Uh, Atwater City Council, I'll tell you. Usually they don't uh, provide, they haven't provided this much excitement since uh, the former mayor was there. But here we are now at the uh, city manager discussion. Let's go right into the public comment. You're going to hear first from Jim Price, the former mayor, now just a 
public commenter, a frequent flyer to the podium, talks a lot about the Sammy Joseph case. I think he actually mentions it in this comment. Never an opportunity wasted. And uh, then we'll hear from another individual, Gabe Santos, who kind of, I think, puts things in perspective. And then um, Linda Dash, somebody else who really keeps her eye on what's going on over there in the city of Atwater. Let's go to those comments right now, and we'll pick it up on the other side. Well, anybody that's followed the history of the city council knows that during my tenure, there was nothing but turmoil for the city manager position. I, I, I'm not going to stand up here and relive all of the history, but I will just say this. At the time that uh, Lori Waterman was placed into the position that she is placed in uh, presently, um, the vote that I made at that time was a no vote. The no vote was because of uh, the municipal code and the qualification levels that are prescribed in the municipal code, of which Lori meets none. Um, I also felt that uh, there were other people that were qualified to fill the position. There was also a um, uh, vote by the council. At the time, we had gone through uh, recruitment where we brought in people from out of state. And the one person that stood out most was a man named um, Bill Melanin from Branson, Missouri. He was outstanding, 35 years in the city management business, and uh, he was far and away the one. However, the night that uh, we wound up uh, voting, it turned out that we voted at that time for Graham Mitchell. Graham Mitchell, two weeks later, resigned from that position. At that time, we were supposed to go ahead and offer the position to Mr. Melanin. Mr. Malinin was pushed aside in order to put Art to work in. That was, that was the dilemma that I was going through. That was the hell that I was going through with this city. And I'm not gonna, uh, you know, say, you know, I'm not gonna use the word corruption. You can use it yourself. But the thing that was is, is that when that man came in, turmoil, nothing but ensued, along with the city attorney. At that time, he went and made an appointment of two deputy city managers. One was Miss um, Deal, who was finance director, and Lori Waterman. In the middle of the night, the last weekend of March of 2018, Mr. DeWork abandoned the city of Atwater. Lori Waterman was installed and shortly thereafter made permanent. It was a three to two vote. I still stand by that vote today. Lori, you are not qualified for this job. There are numerous things that I could stand up here for an hour and read off on why you are not qualified for the job. But I want to make one correction. The compensation is increased. In the budget, it went from 205,000 to 213,000 in the budget. That is an increase where the school I went to. Okay, thank you. Any, <clears throat> excuse me, anybody else wishing to speak? Gabriel Santos, um, just want to, everybody knows, as Mr. Price just mentioned, the city of Outwater has history with their city manager positions, but none of those individuals are here. So we get what we pay for. Um, and at the same time, we have to make sure that we've provided those individuals with the proper training and uh, provided them the tools they need to be successful. Um, with that being said, if it's not Ms. Waterman, what is our backup plan? Um, it's not an easy position to fill. We look at cities around us. We pay a lot more. Um, I think we're uh, having 
personal opinions that are being relayed today, uh, and that's unfortunate because these discussions should happen outside of city council meetings with performance evaluations and other items. So I would hope that we're looking forward for the city of Outwater um, and the progress of the city for everything that we've been voted in to do. Thank you. Good evening, Linda Dash. Not only have you gone through many city managers, you've gone through many police chiefs, you've gone through many actually finance directors, six and six years. But what really gets to my heart is the seven police officers that lived a life of hell going through all those different police chiefs. They were harassed, they were threatened. Let's, we're talking about- I'm telling you. We're talking about because, manager, Linda. Because we didn't have anybody strong enough, the head of the city, to stop the harassment. So again, a lot of history there given by the speakers, uh, especially Linda and Jim. Everybody goes back to the days, the art to work, Graham Mitchell. Man, I even forgot some of those names. Uh, it was quite the deal over there with the, uh, well, I don't know. There was some agenda, agenda items that weren't on the agenda. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know if people remember the almond tree debacle with a Brown Act violation. You know, here in Merced County, the Brown Act is just a suggestion. It's just, a, you know, it's like, hey, if you got time, you might uh, do things by the act but it uh, sometimes really goes by the wayside and uh, the city manager position and the chief of police which really the sammy joseph it, it is true it's all kind of uh, wrapped up into one big uh, one big mess but let's go let's go on and now play some comments uh, from the city council and uh, I, th I think you'll find those interesting and from Lori herself and i think uh, very very gracious uh, in this uh, well in a very awkward situation here we go we'll pick it up on the other side we are on to with council members like to make a motion. John? I'd like to make a comment. Sure. There are a couple of comments. First off, Mayor, you said uh, you like to get people benefit of the doubt, but Dave Ron, you said Lori Waterman needed to be fired. That's not a benefit of the doubt. Definitely not a benefit of the doubt. Miss Waterman, I've been here four years, eight months. I've worked with you hard to make the city better, and we have. We have done outstanding work with your leadership. You have found the right people in the, in the chief here, in public works. You have found the right people. You have done an outstanding job. And I, I, beyond what other people are saying here, I work with you on a day-to-day -day basis, and I've been extremely satisfied with everything that you've done. Yes, there have been mistakes, but nothing, nothing to be pointed fingers at. To me, actions, uh, numbers, statistics, uh, that's how somebody should be judged. Uh, well, no, not entirely, but in a city manager position, it's very much about statistics, numbers. When COVID happened, that was a thing. I don't know if you guys remember that. Uh, take a look at the cities around Atwater or go as far out as you'd like. What did those cities look like? What was the culture? What was the attitude? What was the feel living in some of those other towns? When you're the quarterback of the football team, if they lose, you are gonna get, be the first one interviewed. But if your team wins, you get to be the first one interviewed as well. 
I was in the audit and finance uh, committee when I first took uh, city council. I saw the numbers. We were adding businesses when other cities in our area were losing businesses. Those are numbers. Those are statistics. When we look at the budget, look at any graph you want. Go ahead and go back to any city council meeting. Dig up any graph you want. Those graphs were moving in the right direction. When we held uh, interviews for um, uh, uh, planning commission positions, we had, I think, eight or nine positions. One of the questions I asked them, I said, do you think Atwater's headed in the right direction or the wrong direction? All nine of them said Atwater's headed in the right direction. I don't know what motivation they had to say yes or that it was headed in the right direction. If anything, it probably would have helped them to say, no, I don't think it's headed in the right direction, and here's what I think I can do better or what I can bring to the table to help make it better, right? Um, from what I heard from the gentleman sitting next to me, I, even though I, I regrettably wish that those conversations and those comments could have been done in uh, uh, where, where we were holding those conversations, but that's okay, you can bring them to the public light if that's your, that's your prerogative. Even though this is in the reports and presentation portion of the agenda. But procrastination as the only reason that we reboot the engine, start everything over, and to do it right now. So the, the, the inclination I'm getting is that we should just cold turkey stop with the city manager that's here right now. Cold turkey, full stop, right here. Start the recruiting process with an with uh, interim, is what I'm hearing. This city council is simply asking till the end of next year that we then have another city manager ready to go. And we do have a transition plan. And as the uh, previous mayor uh, outlined very perfectly, a, a horrendous, a uh, nightmare of a process, getting a city manager. We're trying to avoid that. Let's keep hot water headed in the right direction. Based on numbers, statistics, and performance. Not opinions and personal preferences. That's my stance on it. So, thank you. Do we have a motion? We have a motion. motion to approve. Second. Motion by Button, second by Kale. Kale? Yeah. Ambrose? I like the direction that this is gonna go. It's gonna keep us stable for another year and also set us up for the future, so yes. Button? Yes. Nelson? No. Motion passes. So the contract extension was granted three to one, and then there was an opportunity for the city manager to make some comments on what she had just heard, and I think she was very gracious in her presentation and here it is. Thank you, Mayor. First, I want to thank the council for your continued support and trust in me. Our accomplishments are a combination of council and staff commitment to listen and provide the community with the services they deserve and have come to expect while planning for the future and bringing the city forward. I promise you I'll continue to give 100% to keep moving this city forward. Mayor, I am disappointed you feel this way. I've tried to build the trust and working relationship that's so important to be successful. My door has always been open to you. I've always been transparent, truthful, and responsive to your inquiries, and I will continue to do my part. 
I do ask how you make a determination when I've had no evalu evaluation. You never told me what your expectations were. In fact, during my evaluation, you asked me to step out, but I was never called back in to go over what was discussed. We treat our employees with respect, and I should be able to expect the same consideration. I may not be able to change your mind or those in the audience, but I've always put the city first. I'm proud of what we've accomplished in my last five years as city manager, and the council should be as well. I've always taken my role seriously and have had to make some tough decisions to move the city forward. Decisions, as mentioned as well by the audience, that others just kick down the road for someone else to handle. Might not have been easy decisions to make, but I made them, I accepted them, and I owned them. Again, I thank the council for my amendment, and I will continue to work hard for you and your city, our city. I will continue to do the right things for the right reasons. I have no hidden agenda. I only want what's best for the city. Thank you, Mayor. And without acknowledging her, he moved on. So again, I think Lori took the high ground in that little exchange. But hey, we're out of town. Out of time. Almost out of town, too, for this segment of citizen watch we'll be back with the third and final segment for the 8 a.m hour got a special guest in the 9 a.m hour you don't want to miss it my name's casey steed the voice of your valley we'll be right back on reset's news talk station 107.3 fm 1480 a.m kyos stick with us through the break Hey, here we are, Saturday, third and final segment, Citizen Watch, 8 a.m. hour. August 19, 2023. So happy to have you here with me. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Hopefully a nice, calm Saturday before the storm. Hurricane Hillary, Cyclone Hillary. I don't know what is it, tropical depression by the time it gets here. Maybe a big nothing burger. I don't know. Hey, let's uh, turn this off. Dave Luna, if you're so inclined, cruising with the big kahuna. Dave Luna, tonight, 5 to 6, you can afford the gas. He's got the time. Uh, so we finished up with the uh, somewhat uncomfortable situation with the city manager, Lori Waterman, again, getting uh, majority support of the council. And uh, I think, uh, well, I think the public, too. I think uh, everybody knows she's in there doing a good job, and uh, she's been there a long time, and uh, it moves on. Some of the things they did talk about, we were uh, discussing in some of the earlier segments, Mid-Valley Disposal, the trash vendor for the city. I uh, wanted to let folks know they're going to be having community outreach, you know, with these new cans, three cans. Some of these folks are, like, overwhelmed by the number of cans. you got the regular waste, the yard waste, the recycle. And it's a, it's a lot, a lot for some folks that were just used to one before that. So they're trying to do uh, Instagram, Facebook, educate the public. Uh, then they talked about enforcement, how enforcement is implemented. Uh, because, as you know, if you don't uh, put the right uh, item in the right hand. It's like putting a square peg in the round hole. Uh, you'll get your hand slapped. And so they try to uh, do education first, you know, re-educate you, basically. Uh, they don't put you in a camp, but uh, yeah, they try to re-educate you. 
get you thinking along the party line. And then if that doesn't work, uh, they go to fines. And the vendor, Mid-Valley Disposal, wanted to let everybody know, hey, it's not us, baby. It's the state. Because they've got some really heavy penalties. These laws were passed <laughs> back in 2014. 2014. And it's uh, it's really crazy because when they uh, passed these laws, uh, they, they sounded great. You know, reduction of greenhouse gases, uh, all of these uh, short-term uh, aerosols that are in the, you know, de- decomposing uh potato peels all that sort of stuff and there's a lot of people that really buy this and uh, well you're going to buy it too because it's going to be in your garbage rates and so they're going to start out with uh you know if you co-mingle that's the that's the uh the the operative word if they find something that shouldn't be where it's at well uh you're going to get a big fine heavy fine from the state and again nobody really knows how the state is going to enforcement they have an enforcement arm of course i mean like they don't have enough to do right so they're going to come out and look at your garbage can on trash day. Yeah. Yeah. They're ta- and they're, t- they're going to take pictures. It's hard to believe. Uh, Winton Way, uh, there was a nice presentation. Uh, Councilman Button uh, brought up a lady. I hope I don't get her name wrong. It's Nicole Ross Burden, Burgeon. And she uh, visually impaired and she made an impact on Councilman Button and talked about how uh, Winton Way, was it Winton Way? It was uh, just pretty much uh, bad news for trying to get across. Uh, Bellevue. I know they've had some pedestrian issues there in the past, and uh, so it was. It was kind of neat to see the acknowledgement. I guess they, uh, she had done a TED talk uh, about this particular issue and impressed her teachers as well as Councilman Button. Then there was a lot of discussion about the Atwater Little League, and you think this would be something that is just, you know, hey, it's Little League, but uh, it went on and on and on about. I guess last year was a, a complete uh, debacle. Uh, even by uh, the uh, board, their own admission. And I guess they're having a board meeting in a week or so, and uh, some of the council members felt, hey, let's wait uh, until the board is uh, situated, what their uh, the new membership looks like. I don't know if there's some political things going on there, but they really needed to have this agreement signed the other night. It didn't uh, happen. Uh, evidently, the Little League, the Atwater Little League folks are responsible for some repairs and maintenance and that sort of thing. On the facilities they use, they've actually asked for a couple of more fields uh, to uh, bring more opportunity uh, to Atwater in some of these uh, championship games. I know they're very, very big, you know, the regionals, the sectionals, the finals, all of these things. And uh, Little League parents are uh, very, very involved and will travel. So Atwater wants to be uh, become kind of a destination for some of these things. The Atwater Little League is trying to... Uh, trying to do that I, I guess they're going to uh, they rent bathrooms where there's some bathrooms missing and that sort of thing the city does do the irrigation uh, repair and mowing and that sort of thing but i think some of the uh, councilman button he wanted to know where the snack shack when that was going to be uh renovated that must be his favorite uh, spot to go but uh, the snack shack was his concern uh, councilman ambries wanted to know when some of these projects that uh, they're responsible for are going to be done more of a timeline on the projects, uh, you know, the drop dead date on the contract right now is 2026. One of the things that was really interesting to me was that uh, uh, how long this has been going on, like 600 days, this contract uh, hasn't been signed. And it uh, just makes you wonder uh, why why so dysfunctional for Little League of, of all things. But anyway, then they went into the uh, solid rate services rate, rate study and uh, solid uh, waste is uh, different from your uh, sewer which is uh, liquid waste. And so solid waste is basically trash. And they had to do a service uh, rate study. And uh, surprise, it went up about $14 uh, 
uh, is what they wanted to uh, do right on the first year. They've spread it out over two years because they have a little bit of reserve in the enterprise fund, so they're going to try to lessen the blow, but it's coming. And commercial rates are even higher. Uh, there was a mobile home park resident that talked about, hey, we have too many cans already. You know, we've got uh, bug issues, that sort of thing. And again, this is the wave of the future. You're going to have to just kind of get used to it. But uh, it kind of morphed, I think, into an interesting discussion about sewer. Uh, when Linda Dash got up and started talking about uh, the county and the uh, lack of an agreement about the sewage waste from Castle, Castle Commerce Center, the Mid-California International Trade District, Castle Air Force Base, the uh, the new uh, train, tra- train thing over there, whatever you want to call it, uh, they're basically getting a free ride on Atwater's sewage system, and it really upset Linda Dash. Matter of fact, let me play uh, her comment. She came back to the podium uh, after the rate study discussion about solid waste and uh, kind of coalesced her thoughts, and here they are. You know, I apologize. I think I got your sewer and water kind of confused, but I'll bring it up again. I, yeah, two years ago, I came up here in regards to your sewer uh, agreement between um, County Merced. I'm glad that Mr. McDaniel's still here in the city of Atwater. We have been pumping waste out of Castle Air Force Base since it closed in 1995. You had a couple contracts, 1995, 1997, and the last one was 1999. And uh, in fact, I think Ray Olzak was our mayor at one time when he was part of that agreement. And it was all supposed to have been um, married and everybody was supposed to live happily ever after where Atwater was going to get a little bit of money for all of that stuff that was coming from Castle Air Force Base after it closed. Um, there are many, many large businesses that went on to Castle and we we're happy about that. But Atwater, I think, is bearing the brunt of the sewer waste and having to repair the interceptor, is that what you call it? That you went out for an RFP about two years ago, April of 2021, and um, awarded it that following the following month of 2021. Uh, just for engineering services, about seventy-some thousand dollars, and then it was going to be a little bit more to repair it. We're paying for it. How come? And I kind of figured it out, and I'm not really smart when it comes to adding, but um, I figured out there's about five million dollars that the city has lost, probably more or a little less, that we could have used for other niceties in this city. And I wonder why on earth we can't sign an agreement with the county member said so we can start getting some money from the county for our sewer services. Thank you very much. Have a nice evening. And then not to be outdone, Mayor Price wanted to come up and give his two cents. Let's hear those comments. Just want to say that uh, at the end of my comments here for the city manager contract, um, yeah, the interim city manager is, that's how it works. And the guy that could gone filled it is sitting right over here. That's the guy right there. You guys could have put him up there in that seat, but that's you know, water under the bridge now, as they say. Um, to go behind what Linda was talking about as far as the sewer uh, rates and all that, in 2015, myself, um, Scott McBride, Frank Petro, and Tom Terpster, the uh, city attorney at the time, we had all uh, collected our collective minds together here, and we were talking about that. Since 99, since 1999, when there was a contract with the uh, Council Joint Powers Authority, 
That was the last agreement there was. We since then, for 25 years, have not collected one red cent for sewer service. It's going for free over there to the treatment plant. That's a fact, it's not, it's not conjecture. We're also putting uh, the affluent water onto one of our local farmers' land for free. You guys know that? Anybody aware of that? It's true. But we're not saying anything about it because that same farmer has made considerable campaign donations to our local city council people, certain ones. Amazing, isn't it? When it comes to this, this sewer line, Linda's right. Five, about $5 million has been squandered away by this city. We were working on it. 2016 rolled around. Then come the hell known as the, the controversy for the city manager. And everything got tossed aside. Everything, including the rates for Castle to be paying for sewer to the city of Outwater. Now, we're asking the citizens, and I would like to ask, how many percent has the sewer rates for the citizens over the past 25 years gone up? Well, they haven't gone up, hell, they haven't even been assigned to the, to the county. Nobody, but by God, the citizens of this city have picked up the tab for the sewer and all the increases. That's pathetic, people. That's pathetic. Get it together. Get that agreement taken care of. It's the same thing as the Sam Joseph deal, and I hope that that comes to fruition here pretty quick. We're going to have a lot to talk about when that all comes over and done. So, eye-opening testimony that uh, in 20, well, what going on, 25 years, no, no agreement with the county of Merced about taking care of Outwater's uh, sewage costs, what their costs are. I, I just can't believe that. And if I was a ratepayer over there in Atwater, who you have seen your utility rates go up astronomically in the last few years because they weren't raised, uh, unfortunately, when they should have been. And there was some, uh, well, I don't know, they're supposed to, you're not supposed to borrow from Peter to pay Paul. And I don't know, there was a lot of commingling, uh, some things uh, weren't, you know, quite right. And the sewage rates had to go up quite high as well as the trash rates. And now to find out that uh, the city of Atwater is basically providing a service to the county. Well, I would hope that they would get the county in there uh, ASAP, you know, uh, to talk about that. The county's always proud to come in and talk about the new railroad, the train, the tracks, the tomatoes, whatever they're going to ship out of there. I hear they are shipping tomato paste out of uh, Castle at the, on the new railroad. I understand that. I kind of harks back to the old ragu days. Remember the old gray barrels full of full of that good uh, tomato paste that we grow around here. Anyway, I guess it's working out, but uh, to not get the revenue into an enterprise fund, especially when the residents of Atwater are paying to uh, ship that out. You know, that thing goes all the way out there to uh, Burt Crane Road. I mean, it's, it's practically the Las Banas. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, uh, you need a railroad to get the sewage out there, but it, it's something that was uh, eye-opening, eye-opening. It's funny what you get out of these out of these uh, comments, but you know, one of the things Mike uh, Nelson, Mayor, Mayor Nelson, former supervisor Nelson made at the end of the uh, solid waste uh, rate study was that had it not been for the green waste uh, requirement, the uh, organic waste recycling requirement, rates would have actually gone down. 
for the citizens of Atwater. So again, the people that make these laws back in 2014, we are now uh, suffering for 10 years later. We haven't even talked about what's going to happen here in Merced. Uh, your rates are going up. They bought, what, 10,000, almost 11,000 little two-gallon containers. Those will be trotted out soon if they haven't been already. Uh, very interesting uh, what's going on to save the planet. Again, the hurricane today. <laughs> Try to stop the wind uh, when you see that. And my name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's news talk station, Citizen Watch. Hey, every weekend, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Love it, each and every one of you. Really appreciate you listening. Uh, love the comments we get out there in the public. Keep them up. You know, don't be afraid to come up and say hi. We're harmless. Just a harmless little fuzzy bear. We'll see you next week. I don't like-